I want tonight to look at a subject which um, I must confess is one of those subjects that um, you often hear people uh, using the term, you often hear people speaking about the Trinity, uh, the triune God, uh, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, but whilst you hear people using this terminology and speaking about it, I must admit over the years I've never once heard, in, heard anybody preach on the subject of the Trinity. It, it seems as though it's, it's a subject that's there, it, it's a term and issue that we, we often come across, but we actually rarely spend time, if ever, thinking about what is the Trinity, what does it mean? So I think it's good sometimes just to stop and ask ourselves the question, what do we mean by these words and phrases, these terms that we often use? Now I'm interested to hear that um, you're going to be doing a series on uh, the Holy Spirit, I understand. So that actually fits in quite, ni quite nicely, it does, because the Holy Spirit is one of the three persons of the Trinity. So tonight we're going to look at the subject of the Trinity and it, it might help if you've got a Bible we're going to be looking at quite a lot of Bible references that uh, we are so uh, we're not going to have a particular reading but we're going to have a look at Bible references as we go through the course of the evening and uh, we often hear this phrase God is a Trinity and um, actually when, when you read your Bible you'll find the word Trinity doesn't appear in the Bible so although you, we use this term Trinity, the word Trinity or the term Trinity doesn't actually appear in the Bible. The word Trinity means tri-unity, three unity or three in one, three in one. That's difficult for us sometimes to understand. But the subject of the Trinity is a truth that you find in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I want to look at three simple facts that come from Scripture concerning the Trinity. The first fact is this, God is three persons. God is three persons. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now we need to clearly understand what we mean by three persons. Three separate persons. The Father is not the Son. The Father is not the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. The Son is not the Father. So when we speak about God is three persons, we're talking here about three separate persons. And when you read your Bible, you'll discover the Bible refers to each of these three people separately. So let's look at John's Gospel, please. John's Gospel, chapter number 17. John 17 and verse number 1. And this is the Lord Jesus Christ praying. And he says in John 17 and verse 1, Father, the time has come, glorify your Son. You notice the use of the term Father and Son in the same sentence. John's Gospel, chapter 17. And verse number one. After Jesus has said this, he looked towards heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come, glorify your Son. And so we have the mention of the Father and the Son in the same verse. Clearly, they are separate people. 
And then come over please to John's Gospel and chapter number 14. John's Gospel chapter 14 and verse numbers 16 and 17. And this is Jesus again speaking. And Jesus says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counsellor to be with you forever, the Spirit of Truth. So here's Jesus, and he says, I, that is the Son, will ask the Father, uh, that he will give you another counsel to be with you forever, the Holy Spirit. So we have these three people of the Trinity, these six separate people mentioned in that same verse. And uh, they existed eternally as three persons. Now I think we can get the, our minds around the idea that you can have three separate people. However, we move on. And what we discover is that not only in the Trinity God is three persons, we discover this fact that each person is fully God. Each person is fully God. So as well as being distinct, quite distinct from each other, each one of them is God. Uh, let's look at Romans chapter 1, please. Romans chapter 1. In Romans chapter 1 and verse number 7, the Apostle Paul is writing to all in Rome, to a love, to, who are loved by God, to be God's saints, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he's saying here, grace and peace to you from God our Father, God our Father. Look at John's Gospel, chapter 1, and verse number 1. John 1, and verse number 1, where we find that uh, John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and then he says, And the Word was God. The Word was God. The term Word there is a reference to our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're being told here that Jesus Christ is in fact God. And then when you come to Acts chapter 5, Acts chapter 5 please, and Acts chapter 5 and verse number 3, this is the situation where Ananias and Sapphira sold a piece of land and they uh, said that they were going to give all the money to the, the church but in fact they only gave some of it. And if you look at Acts chapter 5 and verse number 3, he says, Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and have kept some for yourself, uh, for the money you received from the land? Didn't it belong to you before it was sold? After it was sold, wasn't the money at your disposal? What made you think of doing such a thing? Listen to this, you have not lied to men, but to God. Earlier he said you'd lie to the Holy Spirit, and now he's saying you have lied to God. Um, and so each person is identified as God. The Father is identified as God. 
the Son is identified as God and the Holy Spirit is identified as God. So where are we? First of all, God is three persons. Secondly, each of these three persons is fully God. But then we come to this statement here, but there's only one God. There is only one God. Which um, is where it starts to get a bit complicated or confusing. So hang on a minute, if you've got three separate people, how can it just be one God? And what we have here is three separate um, person, persons within that single entity of God. So they're not three gods, there is only one God. If you go back to Deuteronomy, uh, back to the Old Testament now please, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse number 4, the writer here says, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. One. Look at Isaiah chapter 45 and verse number 5. By the way, in the notes there's provision for you to make, make these scripture references if, if you can't get them all. Uh, Isaiah chapter 45 and verse 5. I am the Lord and there is no other. Apart from me there is no God. And then when you come to the New Testament, 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse number 5, 1 Timothy 2 chapter 5, in the New Testament, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, God and men, the man Christ Jesus. And in Romans chapter 3 and verse number 30, we read these simple words, there is only one God. There is only one one God. So we have these three basic facts before us. The first fact is this. God is three persons. Secondly, each person is fully God. When you speak of the Son, you're speaking about God. When you're speaking of the Father, you're speaking about God. When you speak of the Holy Spirit, you're speaking about God. But there's only one God. They're all personalities within the same God. There is only one God. And the interesting thing is that when you read through your Bible, the only place you can learn anything at all about the Trinity is in fact in the Bible. There's no other source of information we have to tell us about the Trinity. Now, no people have written books about it, but they've written their books if they're correct what they say in their books, they based it on the Bible. And the Bible is the only source, the root source of all the information we have about the issue of the Trinity. And of course we know our Bibles are divided into two parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the Trinity is in fact revealed in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. And I want to look at the Old Testament uh, to see how the Holy Spirit is revealed to us in the Old Testament. And what you will discover is in the Old Testament, there are at least four ways in which the Trinity is revealed to us. Now, rather than have to look up the verses, I've written them here for you. First of all, a creation. Way back in the book of Genesis, right at the very dawn of time, when this, this universe in which we, when it was created, God said, 
Now, notice what I put in bold there. Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. So the Spirit of God, uh, telling Moses what to write when he wrote the book of Genesis, he didn't say, I said, I will make man in my image. He said, let us make man in our image. It's us and our, not me, I and my. So at creation, we have evidence of some sort of plurality. We're not told how many people. Because when you read through your Bible, you'll find the, the truth of the Holy Spirit is a progressive revelation. It, it becomes clear to us the further we move on through the Scriptures. The second occasion is at the fall, when Adam and Eve sinned. And we read these words in Genesis 3.22, the man has now become like one of us. It doesn't say the man has become like me, but the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. Uh, again, indicating there is more than one person. And then when you go on in chapter 7 of the book, 11 of the book of Genesis, you come to the Tower of Babel. And when you come to the Tower of Babel, uh, you remember how that uh, men built this, built this tower, they were trying to reach up to heaven, and God said, let us, not I will go down, but let us go down and confuse their language. Again, it's plural. And then uh, when you move on to the uh, prophecy of Isaiah, what you would discover is in the book of Isaiah, Isaiah, when he has his vision in chapter 6, he says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Whom shall I, God the Father, said, Who will go for us, the Trinity? And so right through the Old Testament, at different points, we get this reference to us. All indicate plurality. We're not told how many people... If you were to do an interesting comparison between Psalm 110 verse 1 and Matthew 22 and, and so on, what you'll find in that comparison there is, um, there's a quotation from the Old Testament. Remember David said, the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my uh, right hand uh, until I make uh, my enemies uh, a footstool for your feet. And due to Jesus shows us in Matthew's Gospel that David is inferring, in fact referring to two separate people. When the Lord said to my Lord, um, uh, sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool of your feet. And you will discover that as you move on through the New Testament, there are references to the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. The Old Testament has many references to the Holy Spirit. Um, uh, Isaiah chapter 63 verse 10, if you want to take a note of a reference there, uh, you have. And then, you'll find when you read Isaiah, let's look at Isaiah 48, shall we please. Isaiah 48 and verse number 16, I've got it there. Where the Trinity is implied, the Sovereign Lord as the Father, has sent me 
that is Jesus with his spirit the Holy Spirit now you've got to imply that into what's being said but commentators clearly indicate to us that this is a, a veiled reference if you like if you like in the Old Testament to the subject of the Trinity and so we have um, through the whole test the Old Testament uh, increasing revelation of this whole subject of the Trinity when you come to the New Testament you get a clearer view of things so let's think of a number of events in the New Testament and first of all at the baptism of Jesus Matthew chapter 3 Matthew chapter 3 where we have the baptism of Jesus verses 16 to 17 and you remember Jesus is being baptized by John in the river Jordan and Jesus is standing in the river there and we read these words at that moment heaven was opened and he that is Jesus saw the spirit of God that is the Holy Spirit descending like a dove and lighting on him and a voice from heaven said this is my that is the father this is my son whom I love and in whom I am well pleased so at the baptism of Jesus the father the son and the Holy Spirit were all present on that occasion then you remember at the end of Matthew's gospel we have the great commission that Jesus gave to the church to go and make disciples and he said baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit now look carefully at your Bible when you look at Matthew chapter number 28 and here's a verse to bear in mind if ever you're talking to people from the Jehovah's Witnesses who say that um, that, uh, that they, they actually deny the truth of the uh, Trinity um, look at carefully what it says in verse uh, 20 sorry verse 19 in the name singular have you got that? the name singular of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit I think if I'd been writing it I'd have said names plural of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit but the Spirit of God doesn't do that the Spirit of God says the name singular indicating there is only one God but there are three persons within uh, the triune God, the Trinity and so we have that at the Great Commission the Apostle Paul speaking to the church at Corinth he speaks there about different gifts in the church and in the reference that I've given you there, 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 6, this is what it says. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit, a reference to the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord, a reference to our Lord Jesus Christ. There are different kinds of working, but the same God, the Father, who works all of them uh, in all men so we have Paul writing to the Corinthians and he speaks here and in, the, in a matter of a couple of verses he joins together the, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit 
And uh, you've also got some other references there that you can read at your leisure um, when you uh, get home. So what we have is partial revelation in the Old Testament, hints. But when we come to the New Testament, we have a much fuller picture uh, given to us. And of course, one of the things it's always helpful to do is to um, say, well, can we illustrate it in some kind of way? And uh, one of the problems is, is that illustrations are never perfect. There's always maybe uh, things that don't quite fit. But here are some uh, suggestions to you to try to get some concept of the fact that God is a trinity. Think of water. Water. Now sometimes water comes to you in solid form in the form of ice. Sometimes it comes to you in liquid form in the form of water. And sometimes it comes to you in the form of a vapour. Steam. So we've got these three different ways in which we'll understand that particular element. A trinity if you like. Think of a, a tree. A tree comprises roots, trunk and branches. I think of a man or a woman where a man could be a grandfather, a father and a son. Or a woman could be a grandmother, a daughter and um, a granddaughter. You know, you've got the same person in three different, um, looked at in three different ways. But one of the things that I find uh, helpful to understand the Trinity is, is the idea of pleated hair. Now, I'm going to ask um, um, Rachel if she'd come and help me, please. Um, her mother didn't do her hair properly today, so I thought we'd, we, we'd uh, help. Now, Rachel, I'd come round here, please, so you can see. And, and just be rude and turn your backs to people, all right? And hasn't Rachel got lovely, beautiful, long hair, eh? Um, now... If we were to separate the hair, I'll try not to hurt you, and put it into three separate sections, right? What we've got here in the hair, if you think of the hair, all the hair in its totality being God, we've now got three separate strands Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Now, if we were to pleat it, now this is the difficult bit because uh, men are supposed not to be good at this uh, sort of thing right, how am I doing right, made a right mess of that haven't we <laughs> however, you can see what I mean what we've got is three entirely separate stands here, you can see the three strands, Father, Son Holy Spirit but then when you get down here you couldn't separate one from the other and neither could you there and so we'll have an illustration of the Trinity. Thank you so much, Rachel. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. You give Rachel a clap. <laughs> so there, there are illustrations of a way to try and get our minds around this whole fact that there are three separate persons, but they're actually one person. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And what you will find is that whilst no illustration is adequate, it is a truth that at the end of the day we have to accept by faith. Uh, we will never fully understand it. I don't believe this side of eternity. But I think we need to recognise the fact it is a truth. Uh, and one of the reasons we need to recognise the fact that it's a truth is because different persons within the Trinity have different functions. 
And what you'll find is that at creation, when God said, let, uh, and God created the world, what you'll find is that um, it was God the Father who spoke, and God said, let there be. It was the Son who carried out the commands, John chapter 1 and verse 3. Just look at John chapter 1 and verse number 3, please. Through him, that is Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In other words, God the Father spoke, let there be, the Son carried out the command. The Son did the work. And then you'll find in Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 2, it says the Spirit of God was moving over the creation of the world. So all three persons of the Trinity were present at creation, but they did different things at creation. Uh, come to the uh, New Testament and let's think about the subject of redemption. And when you come to the subject of redemption, you'll find again the Trinity is working in harmony. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit are working together as a team. Um, sometimes when I, I've done courses over the years, particularly in a Christian context, i maybe ask the question, what was the first team that the Bible ever referred to? And the very first team the Bible ever refers to is the Trinity. It was teamwork, it was. The Trinity was the first team. Uh, so if you have a ministry team or you're working with a team within your church, you've got teams of people, then you're following a biblical principle of teamwork. Now, when you read John chapter 3 and verse 16, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, God the Father. He's the one who planned redemption. Galatians 4.4 4. At the appropriate time, God sent his son into the world. So the father planned the great plan of redemption. The son obeyed the father to accomplish the redemption. How do you obey? He came from the glories of heaven. He came to this world in which we live. He, he showed us what God was like. He went to the cross at Calvary. He was crucified there. He died. And so Jesus obeyed the Father and his part in the plan of redemption was to stand in our place and die for us on the cross at Calvary. And then the Holy Spirit is also involved in the work of redemption because it, the Holy Spirit is the midwife. The Holy Spirit is the one that brings us to birth. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the work within us so that God's Spirit comes and lives and dwells within us. So when it comes to our redemption, God planned it. Jesus um, went to the cross uh, to uh, accomplish it, and the Holy Spirit is the agent through which we come to birth. So we have this, these uh, two examples, uh, one from the Old Testament and one principally from the New Testament, where we find that the different parts of the, the Trinity have different functions. They do different things, and they work together as a unity. And so we have this subject of the Trinity. Difficult for us to get our minds around. I hope that by what we've said and given you tonight, it's perhaps hopefully a little bit clearer uh, to you, uh, and maybe you want to do some more work on it uh, in your own time. But 
the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, God, is three persons. Each one is fully God. There is only one God. Three truths that we need to hang on to. You cannot have one without the other two. You cannot have the Son and exclude the Father and the Holy Spirit. You cannot have the Holy Spirit to the exclusion of the Father and the Son. So, uh, to have to talk about God means they are complete. The three, their absolute harmony, the working between them, each fulfilling their own functions. And God reveals himself to us through the Trinity. We're able to have fellowship because of the Trinity. The Trinity brings a variety of life. The Trinity is a glorious truth that we need to embrace. And so we have this closing benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God the Father and the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all, says the Apostle Paul in his letter to uh, Corinth. Amen. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Thank you. Let's pray. Now, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that it teaches us so many different things. And tonight we have sought in some way to try to understand this tremendous truth of the Trinity. We thank you that you are a triune God. We thank you that the, the Father loved us. The Son went to Calvary for us. And the Spirit brought us into that relationship with yourself through the new birth, the being born of the Spirit of God. And so we just pray that as we enter this new week, that you will help us to appreciate a little more of this simple um, doctrine of the Trinity. And it might be one that will help us, help us understand that you're working in different ways for our blessing, for our eternal salvation, and for the good of the people round about us. Please help us to appreciate the Trinity and live in the light of that tremendous truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.